for the... What is nothing? Now that's D. What in the fuck are we doing here? Thank you for downloading this episode of That's Deep Bro. I am your host, Christina P. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can watch this on YouTube, youtube.com slash Christina uh, P. I don't, I don't, did I do Brzezinski? Jesus Christ. Uh, anyways, come see me do stand-up. I am ramping up to tape my hour comedy special. It is all happening. And I'm running my set May 4th and 5th in Phoenix, Arizona at Stand Up Live. May 19th and 20th, New York City at Gotham Comedy Club. June 1st through 3rd, Denver, Colorado. Denver Comedy Works downtown. And then June 16th and 17th, San Francisco at the Punchline Comedy Club. Also, if you do your shopping on Amazon, which I hope you do, please use my banner. That's deepbropodcast.com. Click on the banner at the bottom of every post. Do your shopping as you normally would. It just kicks back a little change to the show. That's all. There you go. Like I said, watch this crap on YouTube. All right, let's get into it. Uh, I had a big week. I got lots to discuss. So let's party. Let's get deep on it, bros. <laughs>
喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵喵
uh, about about that, like how you just text people before you actually speak to them, which is uh, kind of backwards for human communication since most of it is the, the visual and the the unconscious stuff. You know, you know how you talk to somebody and you can just tell that they hate your guts. Um, and they don't have to tell you they hate you. It's just, it's an unconscious thing. You can read by subtext. It's like we're, we're raising, it's our fault, by the way, my fault, our generation, the, the, I'm, I'm like a very late Gen Xer, I guess you would say. I'm like the, the end of X, whatever, but it's our fault, dude. We we're raising these, uh, these poor millennials to feel stressed out about making friends. It's interesting because that those, that's a lot of emails I get. Like, how do I make friends? How do I talk to girls? How do I talk to people? And that's a, that's a real concern in this era. And it's not something uh, I had to grow up with. So it's, I think it's really fucking fascinating. And it's also in light of this cars idea, I was thinking too, um, as you guys know, I'm super into the Nextdoor app. Uh, if you don't know what this is, it's an app <laughs> that uh, allows you to see the concerns of your neighbors, the the relevant problems, the travails, the neighborhood nonsense, essentially. You can see what the people who have the same home value as you care about. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I'm... Uh, I'm on board. Like, uh, there's the occasional panic, panic bunny who's like, the swarm of bees is taking over. Does anybody see the bees on the corner of uh, Wilkinson and and Hambone Avenue? There's the bee concern. Uh, right now, on my neighborhood, in in my neighborhood, rather, um, there's a concern. A, a really lot of threads on this guy on a homeless man who's uh, been living behind the bank and. Apparently, you know, uh, as homeless people do, uh, urinating where he's sleeping and uh, taking a dump. That's what that's what homeless dudes do, right? That's why you become homeless. It's the it's the whole ideal of hey, I don't need a toilet. Uh, I just want to shit and piss wherever I want. I'm going to become a hobo, and that's how I do that. Isn't that why they become homeless? <laughs> so, people in my neighborhood are freaking about uh, the, and I say singular homeless man. It's one guy. It's not a flock of homeless people who are uh, shanking bank goers or masturbating in public or drinking and smashing bottles. It's just like a dude who, no, I think he had his pants down the other day, which was a huge concern um, cause one woman was very distraught about having to see a homeless man's penis, which, Hey, if you've grown up in a major city, like I have, uh, seeing homeless guys, penises is just par for the course of city life. I mean, from my mother had me taken the public transit system in, in Los Angeles, which is the bus it used to be called the RTD, the RTD. And back in the day, even back when I was taking the RTD, the bus, it wasn't desirable. Like you didn't see a lot of, um, you know, 12 year old white blonde girls trying to get to Hollywood on the, on the bus. So, um, I saw a lot of, uh, foreign penises, a lot of strange dudes touching their junk. I've seen, um, in a church in Mexico, a guy with his dong out, uh, lots of homeless guys masturbating. I, I lived in San Francisco in the 90s, so there's a lot of homeless there. 
uh, you know, it's just, it's just what they do. It's like that. What do you expect? He doesn't have a bedroom. What do you think he, where do you think he's going to go? And so it's kind of expected. Now, this particular woman was really panicked about the homeless man and, um, and how he was, this is my favorite. He was laying on his back and his, with his legs splayed open and I could see his whole undercarriage. (laughs) I love that word undercarriage. Uh, to describe one's genital region. I think it's really funny when... I, I don't know if she was going for humor. I'm I'm guessing not because the rest of the entry was a little panicked and, you know, had the, the tinge of that. I'm beginning to doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. Like she was kind of that lane of human. Um, and uh, And her big problem, which I find really funny, is when people are so panicked about the children... What about the children? The children can't handle seeing a bum's penis. How am I going to explain a homeless man's penis to my child? My child. My child's never seen a penis before. And my thinking is always, well, I mean, you can just explain that shit. You know what I mean? You can explain to your child that, well, what happens in life is some people, uh, have some bad luck maybe uh, maybe some mental illness uh, maybe that goes untreated and they don't have family to help them and they don't pay rent and they end up homeless and masturbating and that's penis by the way and some dudes are fucking mentally ill you know I explain the concept of a douchebag to my son all the time all the time every time some guy in a lifted pickup truck with you know Casey headlights and 12 tires drives by blaring kid rock or whatever dog shit music. I tell my son, sweetie, that's a douchebag. You don't want to be like that guy. That guy's a douchebag all the time. I explain the anomalies of life to my kid, even as a one-year-old, just so that he's not freaked out when he takes the bus at the age of 13 into Hollywood and sees it happen, right? You got to prepare your kids for the lunacy of the world, my friends. And by the way, if you want to really explain homelessness to your kid, why not mention the fact that Reagan in the 80s deinstitutionalized all the homeless people and uh, sent the mentally ill out into the streets. And, uh, and uh, that's why we have a lot of crazy people out because Reagan, Ronnie Reagan, stopped caring for the mentally ill and they all ended up out in the streets and on Skid Row. And now even in LA, we don't really have a Skid Row because that's being gentrified. So where do you put them, lady? Where do you put them? I don't know. It seemed fine when they had the Igloo Village in um, downtown LA. We had like a village. I think this might still be there. Just put the homeless near like parks, like a, a park that they can colonize, you know, like zombies and just take that over and you know, and then you know, like, oh, that's that's Hobo Park. You don't go there except when you want to buy um, illegal drugs and, or a fake ID. That's what we did in L.A. growing up. You just knew, like, oh, don't go uh, to Echo Park um, unless you want to buy crack or a fake ID. Don't go down to Chevy Chase uh, Boulevard unless you want that card, man. So there's play, there's a there's a place for everyone in society, and it's so funny when when us uh, privileged white people get very upset that the 
the inappropriateness of a, a homeless, <laughs> the homeless epidemic. It's one guy at the bank and I haven't seen him yet, but I'm really excited to see him so that I can make my reports on the next door app, which I will never do. I will never actually contribute to these mediums. I just like to judge and uh, see what other people are writing about because I think it's really entertaining. There's so much good stuff in the world to consume right now. This is a wonderful time to be a consumer of of every of all entertainment, all media. It's so good. Everything's so good. Netflix, good. Internet, good. Social media, good, good, good. We, you get to see exactly just how mentally ill uh, the people around you are. And it's, it's really funny because everything my father told me is, is right. You know, when you're a kid and you're in, I was in the car with my dad growing up and we would be in traffic and some guy would cut him off and, uh, and I'd be like, Oh my God, dad, did you just see that? And he would go, Oh yeah. Yeah. That guy's on drugs. And when I was a little girl, I thought, Oh, surely he's kidding. Right. That's just, just a joke. It's completely wrong. Come on, old man. And the older I get, the more I'm like, yeah, I think the old man is right. I think everybody's on drugs. Drugs, the kind that you get from your doctor, maybe, you know, mother's little helper. Uh, But dude, yeah, a lot of people are fucked up. Most of us are fucking whacked. And I, you know, but just handle your shit, right? Get your life. I'm not saying that I'm perfect or I've got it figured out. I think I've just got it managed. Isn't that the point of getting your life is just manage your shit, Take responsibility for your shit. Get your life together, man. Don't don't take it out in the streets. Try to fucking manage your shit. Get your shit. Oh, I'm feeling very um, out of sorts today. I fucking dropped my iPhone, which I've done about uh, my whole life, right? Ever since I've had a, a phone, I've dropped it on the floor, like face down flat pancake, right? Where every time I do it, there's like the heart flutters, the panic. Cause what I do when I'm with my kid is I, I do the old lady move where I put my iPhone in my bra. And then when I bend over to pick him up, it just fell out and it fell face down. And I knew when that fucker fell face down, I was like, no dude. And you know, when you first do it, oh, like it takes a second for you to register the horror of what has transpired. You're like, no, what? Oh, it's like the denial of the fact that I had shattered my screen. Like I wasn't, I haven't dealt with it for a week because I've been in denial that it fucking happened, right? You're like, oh man, now I got to make an appointment. I got to go into the nightmare that is the Apple store. Because really, there it, it's Dante's Inferno. It's the fucking fifth ring of hell going into an Apple store. Is there anything more aggravating and upsetting? It, and you know why it's upsetting? It's because there's no order. They have the semblance of order with their fucking dumb system where you have to make a an appointment a week in advance and you have a time, a window, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You walk in there and all these assholes have on a green shirt or whatever the funky new hip way is of doing things. We're team members. And here at the Apple team, we don't believe in lines. So you, you have to, you just have to walk in and I don't know who to fucking ask for help because every employee looks identical. They're, um, that's not true. Actually, the one I went to today, they were various shapes. There was like a, a very, very fat, like a morbidly obese guy. And then there's like the skinny 
cute like Indian girl and then there was like the ponytail guy who had it braided but there but you know the the uniform the uniform of the Apple store worker is there is no uniform meaning there's no aesthetic it's like we take everybody whatever whatever are you vegan are you a dumpster diver whatever we'll take you uh, 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 are you non-binary are you vegan poly and bi um yeah so I walk in and I have to you know you kind of have to like make awkward eye contact with one of the the employees hoping that on the off chance that they're not going to reject you because that's another thing you walk up to them I always walk up to the first person I make eye contact with in the appropriate shirt at the Apple store and I walk up to them and I I am I just communicate the easiest way I know how because I know they're millennials and that they don't understand communication so I hold up my cracked phone and I go broken fix need I just, uh, 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 help, help, help. Just, I, I like to just get in and get out. And of course I go, I find the guy and do you have an appointment? Yes, I do. What's your name? Oh, go, go sit over at the left end of this table and somebody will find you. Like, is there anything more unnerving than like a vague sort of just go sit, go sit in that direction. Maybe somebody will find you. I've noted that you're wearing a green jacket. That was my favorite too. Like, don't worry about it. You'll get assisted because they know what you're wearing. It's so like loosey goosey, like, oh, we're not, we're just the anti-corporate corporation. We don't do things like rules or lines or order. We just kind of do our own thing. And for, for me, there's like, when you're in a panic about your technology, which is your life, it's your fucking life bro like it, the only thing more stressful than going to the apple store is like going to the hospital right when you're in the emergency room you're delivering a baby or something it's that level of like i gotta get this shit sorted man i can't go a day without an iphone are you out of your mind like what if i get pulled over and what if i get a flat tire right which did happen to me like a month or two ago or whatever if i didn't have a fucking iphone how would i have even gotten help how would i have ordered a cheeseburger to my car so I show up and then this adorable Nigerian guy, I'm sitting at the, I'm sitting to the left, like instructed and just panic in my heart because I don't do well with vague, um, instructions. It, it infuriates me. I get so fucking upset. Like, no, no, no. If you, if I see the line, right, that's why the English love to queue up. They say the queue up, queue up because you know exactly where you belong in the order of things. You know exactly how many people are ahead of you. Okay, there's two guys, then I got a fucking great. I've got this much time, you know, in, in, in my, my internal clock is ordered. I'm fucking, I know what I have. I've, I have enough time to send this text back to my husband. I have enough time to check uh, whatever Twitter thing, and then it's my turn. But that, that ambiguity of like, ambiguity of like timeless, I don't know how much time before somebody finds me. So finally, my nice Nigerian man finds me. And then, you know, boop, 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 grabs my phone, turns off every possible thing he can. And then they explain to you that they can't really do anything beyond what they can do and then how much that's going to cost you. And the whole thing, you're so vulnerable. Like, I'm just like a fucking infant. Just like, I feel like I'm, uh, have my, I'm just there for a diaper change. Like, help me, please, just somebody. So we'll see. It's, it's supposed to be done now. Um, but you know how that shit is too, right? Where they're like, come back at 1230. It'll be done. And you're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I know it's not because I'll show up at 1230 and then some fucking, uh, uh, you know, uh, lunatic guy, a man boy who works the fucking juice bar at Whole Foods 
uh, Tanner is is going to tell me that, well, actually, it's not it's not done yet. Yeah, we got in there and we saw that your motherboard needs a scrippleadation, and that's going to take another hour to get the um, sacalacodides composted. And you're like, okay. So then now I just wander them all for another hour. Uh, I have little faith in humanity. So I know what I should have fucking done. I should have just gone to like somebody at the mall, like a booth, right? Like the Asian guy at the booth does your cracked screen for $30 and I watch him do it. God damn it. That's the problem with being married to someone that does things like the right way is that he's trained me now to do things like take the car into the dealership, go to the, the Apple store instead of the kiosk at the mall. Like he's trained me. He's he's trained the immigrant stuff out of me. That's the problem is I've, I've started to live like too American now where I don't trust the workaround methods because immigrants, we rig everything, dude. Like that's that's how you roll. There's you don't go and buy your internet. I mean your um your car insurance from like the big company. No, you go to like the Chinese lady in Alhambra who's got the deal. Uh, you know your your car is broken. You don't take it to the fucking dealership. Are you nuts? It's going to cost a fortune. No, you go you go down to uh, you know Hanks down the street. That guy's going to set you right, and he's going to charge you a fraction of the cost and. And actually pretty good. Like I have to say, except for dentistry, I've gone to immigrant dentists my whole life prior to Tom and they they don't do good work. I've, uh, <laughs> I've since learned that you do have to go American on like healthcare. You know, I used to go to all Hungarian doctors growing up, Hungarian dentists, and then I became an adult and I married an American and he's, now I go to all his people and it's way better yeah you, you got to go american on some shit guys uh but the the fix-its come on now no I, sh- I fucked up but what time will tell we'll see how good the apple store does if i trust these motherfuckers or not let's see if it's even fucking done when i roll in that's that's really gonna be because if i gotta make a trip back to the mall then i will blow my brains out i will blow my brains out okay let's get into some um emails it's uh Oh, I like this one. I'm going to start with um, this one. Oh, okay. Make sure Dan Pena is queued up. All right. Let's get into emails. You want to know why you're all fucked up? I do. Okay. So I have an email. I love these questions. I love this. I'm a young gentleman in my mid-20s. He writes, I'm pretty much a normal dude with a normal life that you'd expect. I have a regular job while I'm finishing up schools, school, not schools, plural. I have hobbies and friends. I love talking about anything and everything. The one thing I have trouble with is the ladies. I'm not ugly or anything. Matter of fact, better yet, I am pretty funny and good at making friends with the girls that I meet. But that's precisely the issue. I always end up being just friends with them. I have only been in one long-term relationship that lasted three years, but other than that, I have spent the majority of my love life being friend-zoned. I've played that role a lot, and it's becoming increasingly difficult to set feelings aside for the sake of keeping a friendship intact. Only recently did it occur to me that I should make my intentions clear from the get-go, but I feel like I'd be a selfish 
doucher for cutting someone out just because they aren't interested in dating. Not to mention, I might be closing doors to opportunities that might present themselves later on. Good point. Whenever this happens, it seems to go well. We end up having a good time, good conversation, laughing a lot, and just kicking it. But for whatever reason, whenever I start to think there's a connection, it's not mutual. I can't tell if I'm a retard and mistake friendliness as flirtiness. Or if girls really do give mixed signals and like the feeling of someone being invested in them without having to reciprocate. Mm. I guess the thing is that find, I find myself thinking about my desire for a relationship on a regular basis. And anytime I f- befriend slash interact with a girl that is attractive to me, my mind becomes infected by thoughts of worries of how it is going to play out. Ooh. 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 Okay. Okay. When is it... When it comes... Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm skipping. I know that thinking and worrying about it all the time is just making me out of the moment and making my jeans low and loose. And if I would just relax, they would be high and tight and everything would play out so much better. When it comes to anything else that I could be worried about, it, it, it is normal for me to be patient and actually apply that advice. This is the one thing that makes that takes precedence to everything else once it gets in my head. I want to know why I'm all fucked up so I can move on to do my thing and stuff like that. Yeah, I got you, bro. Um, let's just call you... Uh, I'm going to call you Mark. I like that name. So, Mark, here's the deal, bro. You say you're t- mid-20s. That's a very shit dog age for monogamous relationships. It's a shit brick age because you're not there yet. Like you're... Uh, some people are, again, I always, there's exceptions to the rule. For the most part, the 20s are about hookups. Um, you're, you're really still a teenager. Your brain is not even developed. You're still an adolescent. It's not until 28, I would say, that, that you become kind of an adult uh, emotionally. Uh, I think that's when I kind of gelled. Anyway, so number one, you, you're afraid of, okay, so it sounds to me like you're afraid of the the come on, the, the, the wolf, you've got to be a bit of a wolf, right? That unfortunately, and especially in the twenties, you know, guys, that's the nature of the beast. The guy is the predator. The woman is the prey. And that's just how it fucking is for the most part. And you're not, you're, you're, especially when it comes to girls that age, dude, like you're right. They want to be listened to, paid attention to, given affection. And if they don't, like you romantically, oh, you better believe they're going to keep coming at you for attention, right? Because that's what hoes do. That's what them bitches do. A lot of women do that. They may not be interested in you romantically, but you better believe they're going to take up on all the affection, attention, friendship, whatever. And I like your thinking. You're right. Um, Because that is what dudes do, by the way, like jackals. They kind of stay in the sidelines and they wait for the girl to get newly single and then they pounce. Now, the problem with being a jackal in waiting, if you're not known as a predator, is that you're still going to be friend zoned once that chick does get free from whatever she's in because she's just going to look at you as good old Mark, uh, the guy who I cry to and the guy who's going to listen to my problems and the guy who I'm not going to fuck. So... I, I see your logic. However, it's it doesn't work with girls that way because she's she, we categorize you very quickly. Happens real quick. Uh, usually, a woman knows aesthetically if she's. It's like an energy thing, and sometimes it's not. It's not necessarily your looks or whatever. It is an energy thing. 
some girl likes your your energy and your you have sexual vibe or whatever and it and it goes and unfortunately if she doesn't sense that from you dude it's not gonna it's not gonna gel um yeah you need to be a bit of a more more of a predator and and it's not being a doucher and you're not yeah unfortunately in the beginning you do kind of have to be like look if you're not dtf i got enough friends <laughs> well sorry and i'm probably am i being a, a gender traitor right now probably but at your age it's that if you're if that's what you're out for a relationship and you're out for for all that then you can't be wasting your time on hoes that ain't gonna go there with you because let's say okay let's say you are friends with some girl right like you you're thinking to yourself oh i really like becky and uh i know she doesn't like me but i don't want i don't want to be that guy who's like i don't want to hang out with you if you're not interested in me that way well guess what now you're hanging out with becky all the time every weekend every free moment dinners drinks blah 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 and you're wasting your time because you're you're filling that space that could be with a girl who's really into you with the Becky space. And that's the danger of just being around people because you don't want to be the, the, you want to be a dick. I don't want to be an asshole. Yeah, but you know what you want. It's not being an asshole saying, I want a relationship and that's what you're focused on. And if you can't give that to me, I got to, I got to move on. And I'll tell you something, a secret too, is that when you tell a girl that like, girl, I, I ain't interested in a friend. I got plenty of friends you know what happens, especially to girls in their early 20s, is they all of a sudden, what? What do you, what did you hear that? Did you fucking hear what Mark said? Like he's not into sometimes. Now, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes that all works to your advantage because then hoes will be like, oh, well, now I'm interested because he's not all up in my Kool Aid. And that's another thing. A lot of women don't like it if you're, you're that fucking emo dude who's all in their Kool-Aid and all the sensitive shit. Like it's really kind of not attractive to a lot of girls, you know, especially in the early twenties. I'm just saying, then again, a woman turns 30, 40, 50, and that stuff becomes really attractive. I'm just saying for your decade right now, it's not, this is no, boo. you got, you got to kind of play it like high school a little bit. And then once you hit 30, then you can be like, emo more sensitive human but in your 20s you're just a fucking animal you, you got to kind of operate that way so nothing wrong with putting out what you want um and the girls are actually going to respect you a lot more if you're putting out what you want because these bitches you know what i'm saying they don't they don't respect the good guys the good guys win later the good guys don't win in their 20s unfortunately the good guys will win um 30s and 40s <laughs> when these girls want to get married when these girls are done uh, slutting around then you will become the hot commodity and yeah unfortunately a lot of girls just want the attention and they and are, are there instances where uh, men and women are platonic friends yes yes i believe in that i uh but again, with the caveat of like, once you're married, you really don't have opposite sex friends. You have couple friends, just appropriate. You know, you don't even want the semblance of impropriety. So you don't have, you know, I don't fucking um, have, and actually, no, that's not true. I have one friend that I was a writing partner with for many years in animation. I mean, like a long time. And that guy's like a brother and, you know, Tom's known him too for the same amount of time. So it's cool. But like new dude friends, get your life. That's just fucking not cool, bro. So should you relax? No, I don't think you should relax. I don't think you should stress about it, but I definitely think you got to put the night moves on these hoes 
And um, you got to make, you got to pounce, bro. That's the, you know, that's all these bitches understand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they're funny. That's, that's what they, you know, cause that's what they're all, what people are most of the time looking for. Uh, yeah. Cause girls don't respect that shit. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I like this email. This one made me laugh. This is from Zach. I like it. I've recently started listening to that steep road work. Good. You might get fired. <laughs> I'm a little anti, anti-social. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Um, since you've worked a ton of jobs, maybe you'll understand this thing that I've noticed. Why the fuck do people think that they have to accept everything that is offered to them at work, especially free stuff? And why do people get so offended when I decline these things? For example, this past week, my department had an event to reorganize our area. Lunch was provided all week. I only ate the lunch one day. The rest of the week, I took my normal lunch breaks and ate by myself. I had to ask, I had people ask me why I didn't eat the lunch or if I'm too good to eat with them. There are several several reasons why. I'm sorry that catered in Panera bread sandwiches don't appeal to me. You're getting Panera catered in and you don't even get the cheese broccoli soup? The thing they're most known for? Good job. I'm sure as fuck not going to waste my pizza day on Pizza Hut. I like what I like and it's not that bullshit, which sort of bridges to my next reason. I'm a pretty good cook. I liked... I like to kind of meal prep for the week and prepare healthier lunches because I know on the weekends I probably won't eat the best. I would rather eat the food I made than most of the stuff being provided. Finally, it's called a quote lunch break for a reason so I can get a break and zone out for a while. I don't want to spend it cramped in a conference room making small talk and it's not even that I dislike the people. I just need that time to space out or catch a nap. I feel like I can't explain this to people because they really seem to take to be there really seems to be this attitude that if something is free, you have to accept it no matter what. What is this mindset? Have you ever seen this before? People get legitimately offended. No, I don't want the cake you made for so-and-so's birthday. I don't care that it's chocolate cake. That's the kind I dislike the most. Yes, I eat brownies. It's not the same as chocolate cake, stupid. Stop offering me this shit. I realize there is some antisocial behavior in this. I am a bit of an introvert, but I just don't want everything because it's free. I don't skip out on everything. Sometimes we get stuff that I do like. I just can't figure out what this thing is. Help me and help me to respectfully tell someone to leave me the fuck alone when I do decline something because all I got now is if AIDS was free, would you want that too? (laughs) Thanks, Zach. Zach, did we share a uterus? Are you my long lost twin? This level of antisocial behavior I I admire. And had I had a friend like you in the office, in any office that I had worked at, I probably would have stayed working in offices because I really I I a hundred percent agree, dude. Um Here's some shit I could never get on board with. I don't give a fuck about your free donuts too. Like that's, that's the least I need is to get fucking fat. Cause that's what happens in these offices is all the free crap people bring. And then you eat that and you're sitting on your hiney all day and that's how you get fucking fat. Right. And you don't, you don't want to be Janice from accounting. You've seen her fucking fat ass and you've seen her cat calendar and all, you know, the, the, the nonsense. You don't want to be that person. So, uh, okay. So let's break it down. The people that are into the free stuff, 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, we do a podcast. We do your mom's house. I do that Zebro. We get sent free things all the time from sponsors or from just people. And some of it is amazing. Some of it is I cherish more than every, anything because it's like, you know, fan art or maybe somebody sends us like a crazy, nice, you know, Sonic Air toothbrush. And you're like, holy shit, that's really thoughtful and, and amazing. But then there's like swaggy things that you get in showbiz, like a t-shirt from the fucking movie. And it's like, I don't want that crap in my house. I don't want it. I don't need it. I'm, no, I'm not, I'm never going to wear the fast and furious eight free t-shirt and cap. And when I get it, I throw it right in the fucking trash, but I offer it to people around, you know, maybe blue band or, um, the nanny might want it sometime. But for the most part, I'm like, it, it's just crap. It's more crap. And it actually clutters my life and stresses me out when I see that there's a fucking, you know, bullshit t-shirt that I don't need. I'm not, it's double XL. I don't even fit into it. Uh, you know, I donate a lot of that stuff too, but the the point is, uh, yeah, people, you know what I think it is? I, I think it's a scarcity mentality. I think it's rooted in poverty consciousness. Um, by that, I mean, you know, money, money is an emotional thing. Money is an emotional problem. Lack of money is an emotional problem. Um, credit card debt, consumer credit card debt, it's an emotional problem. And, you know, because when you get your life together, you, you, you make decisions based on your emotions, right? Your financial decisions. And a lot of people make bad money decisions because they're not living in the present. They're living in the past, right? Now, I have this problem too. I'm not saying I'm immune. I, I'm still living like we live in a fucking one-bedroom apartment, uh, excuse me, in Koreatown because that's what I come from. I, I'm like a cockroach. I can, I, I can live off of nothing. And I, I will drive the same car for years. I don't care. It's not, to me, that stuff is not high value. I just am not, I'm wired that way. I'm wired like, you know, a, 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 a fucking Eastern blocker. It's just my wiring. And, um, but that does influence how I see money, right? Cause I have a lot of that poverty consciousness that I really have to actively overcome. So I think that scarcity consciousness is, is why people get so stoked on free shit. Cause it's like, Oh, finally relief from the burden of money. It's like this unconscious thing of like, Oh yes. Like I'm, Oh my God, I can't believe this is free. Like even if it sucks, I'll eat it. And I agree. I don't like Panera bread either. It's more bread than sandwich. They're fuck. It's disgusting. And that broccoli cheese soup. Yeah, it tastes good. I agree. That's a million calories in that broccoli cheese soup. I won't even fucking touch it. Cause it smells like barf too. But uh, yeah, just because it's free doesn't mean it's good. And I, I, I totally, and I, I think it's just that people are so relieved for a minute to not have to buy something because that is what we do all day, every day, especially in this country. It's a consumer society. It's capitalism. So everything is like money, buy, 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 buy. You have to buy every fucking thing all day, every day. You want gas, you got to buy it. You want to stick a gum, you got to buy it. So when somebody hands it to you, you're like, oh, fucking finally a break like just fucking somebody save me from having to buy shit all day yeah i i remember feeling that way when i was really really broke like oh my god thank you just anything free is so good like oh i don't have to worry about getting a sandwich and then i remember eating it and just being miserable because you're like well well now i feel like shit great i, I should have just spent the five bucks on a sandwich i liked because like I said, money is an emotional problem. It's not about the money. It's about what you deem yourself worthy of, right? 
So are you worth a Panera Bread sandwich that you don't like? Now, if you like Panera Bread and someone hands you a free Panera Bread sandwich, God damn it, you just hit the jackpot. But if you're like uh, Zach here and someone hands you a turd uh, with, with bread on it and, and you're supposed to be stoked and you force yourself to eat it just because it's free, well, that, my friend, is called self-loathing. I do have a whole uh, another episode on self-loathing. I'm going to write it down right now because scarcity, uh, money problems, all that stuff, it's rooted in self-loathing. It's in the I don't deserve to have um, the thing I really want to eat. That that is only saying if you don't like the Panera bread sandwich and you still force yourself to eat it, it's like going to the uh, restaurant. You're going out and you order what's cheapest on the menu as opposed to like what you really want to eat. That's another form of self loathing, right? We don't uh, treat ourselves to it. I should do a whole episode. I, I feel like money is such a a tangly subject for people. It's it's very sensitive. Because it's such a secret thing too. It's very secretive and there's a lot of shame attached to not having any, which I don't, I don't really share that. I don't, you know, my mother was very direct about when we didn't have money, you know, she, we were, I just, I always assumed I was poor because she'd always tell me that. (laughs) I, I never had shame about not having money or stuff because we just didn't have a lot of it in the apartment that I grew up in with her uh it's not to say that we didn't have it later but i just remember like you know her telling me hey guess what this weekend we only have twenty dollars and like okay and as a kid you don't it doesn't even process you don't know what money is you don't care you just want to hang out with your parents right but i think coming from that level of my mother's straightforwardness about like hey this is this is where we are in the world this is your station in life you're not going to get rebox you're going to get um pay less pro wings because we can't afford Reeboks. Like that, that was my world. You're not going to wear guest jeans because guess what? We can't afford guest jeans. And I remember, I think that's one thing I'm really thankful for with her is that there was no shame in that game. My mother was stoked that she could buy me the pro wings. Like she was stoked that she could buy me the Levi's over the guest jeans because we were in a great country that, you know, I couldn't get that in Hungary. There was no fucking way. So it was like a wonderful thing. Like, hey, you can't get the top thing, but I can get you the, you know, the knockoff, the, you know, and did kids make fun of me? Yeah, sure. But you know what? Fucking who gives a shit? Because those douchebags that made fun of me are fucking losers today. And I know because they're on Facebook and I fucking stalk them. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but there was no shame in that game. And I think for me, when I was really, really broke for so many years, like I didn't have a problem telling people like, I can't do that with this weekend. I'm just broke. Sorry. I don't have the money. I don't, I didn't loan people anything because I didn't have it. I just told, I don't fucking have money. And there was no shame in it, you know, anyway. And then what I think what get people get, people get, people get into trouble when they're living outside of their reality. That's when you get into debt and you get into trouble. You don't realize a ship is sinking. I've heard that, you know, people, um, maybe their business is going under and they're still funding it or whatever, or whatever, whatever, whatever it is. You're not, you're not in line with what's happening today. You're living as you were in the past. It's fucking brutal. I mean, like with finances, you just really have to keep, keep an eye on what's really happening in the world outside of you and on what you're doing. 
because you know a lot of people use money as an extension of the feelings, right? I don't feel good. I'm going to go buy something. I'm going to get a hit. I'm going to go buy a purse. I'm going to go buy a handbag. The shoes. Well, sorry, a purse is a handbag. Uh, whatever. All these things. It's the hit, man. And then the opposite of that is true. You know, hey, I'm I'm guilty of the opposite, which is like I won't even buy that shit. Not I don't need it. I don't have convinced myself that I am not materialistic. Right? I, I don't even need it. But the truth of it is, you know, shit, maybe I, I, if I can't afford it and I don't buy it, maybe it's because I don't believe on some level. Maybe I don't deserve it. So there you go. I don't know, man. But I, the, that free stuff. And then there's lunatics who are like, um, who are so anti, who love the free stuff so much that they become misers and freegans and dumpster dive, divers. Have you heard this shit? I love it. I, I, I once heard a story about a miser who... Uh, actually owned a building, like an apartment building. And he lived on the top floor and he chose this particular unit because there was a neon sign from a bakery downstairs and he could read by the light of the neon sign at night because he chose not to have electricity because he was a miser. (laughs) And I I was thinking that's so fucking horrible to read by the light of neon versus just paying for electricity yeah and he would go down to the bakery and then ask for like a square of a pastry or whatever and be like you didn't cut that equally that's not that's not the right size and then he would get it for free or whatever um but um, very interesting and and it is a it is an upbringing thing it is i think how money was perceived from you given to you you know you, you inherit a lot of those consciousness money consciousness things and then you have to decide. You have to decide whether or not you agree and adapt or whatever, you know. But, man, I mean, that's why you hear all these stories about rappers, right? Isn't that what the, those rapper shows like on VH1, Behind the Music? It was always about that. Like uh, the most notorious one being MC Hammer. Remember that one? Like, you know, guy from the hood finally makes it. And what does he do? He employs all of his family and he... Uh, spends money on ridiculous crap. It's the 10 cars, it's the boats, and it's the jewelry. Jewelry is, by the way, the biggest waste when you're a famous rapper. I mean, those guys, this is a $50,000 necklace, and it's my initials. Like, jewelry has horrible resale value. That is the the least thing you should be putting your money in. Like, if MC Hammer just bought properties, like real estate, and he was a landlord, like, that's that's a good idea. But, man... But then you go, why, well, why did he do that? Why would MC Hammer do that? Well, because sometimes when people get stuff, they feel guilty. Maybe he came from a family who, you know, he felt the need to kind of reach back and bring everybody with him, right? There's a lot of that, that, uh, that pressure of like when you come from certain neighborhoods, right? If you're, they think you're bougie or whatever and you got to reach back and you got to help everybody out, but, but you can't. You know, it's not about everybody else, man. You got to, you got to keep what you got. So yeah, he did. He probably maybe did out of guilt, employed everybody. And then there you go. That's how you lose your fucking money, dude. Fuck that. Free stuff. That's the worst. Yeah. I'm, every time you work on a TV show, you get a lot of free stuff like swag. It's the lamest thing ever. I hated it always. Because yeah, I remember I, I, in my twenties, I worked at MTV and then, um, I worked on the show Fanatic. I was like a assistant to somebody. And I remember every, you know, every time, every season, they come out with the new t-shirt, the new hat, the the mug holder. And you're like, and they'd give it to you and you'd have to act like, oh, thank, thank you. 
thank you. I can't wait to wear my fanatic t-shirt to bed around my house. I can't wait to clean my toilet with this fanatic t-shirt. Thank you. Thank you. It's just so useless to you. I mean, unless you're on the show, I remember like, I've got road rules shit, but you know, I don't, I don't need a fucking t-shirt from a a show. I I don't really watch anyway. All right, I gotta actually, I gotta, I gotta get my, I gotta get my phone. I gotta get back on the grid. I'm off the grid right now, and it, it actually felt good. I remember when he, the Nigerian guy turned off all my buttons, and and I, he goes, and I, like, he shut my phone off, and I looked at him, and I'm like, am I off the grid now? He goes, yes, you're off the grid. That wasn't a Nigerian accent. He was like, you're off the grid. He whispered it to me like that, and he stroked my hair, and he's like, let's go to Nigeria. Like I can't. My nanny gets off at five. Um, yeah, he said I was off the grid. I am off the grid right now. Like nobody can reach me. It feels great. This is what it feels like to be in the nineties. Just before people could relentlessly text you. Why don't you get you didn't text me back in time? Well, because I don't I don't care. I'm not twelve years old. You know, I put the phone down at about 7.30. When my kid goes to sleep, guess what? My phone does too. I put it next to the bed and that's it, dude. Like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't care. I don't want to read anything right now. I don't want to scroll. I don't want to see what Trump fucking did. It's going to give me an aneurysm. You know, what's really helped is this uh, Apple watch that I'm wearing, the, my mom watch. Um, the only thing it's helped is relieve the anxiety of where's my phone, Where's my phone anxiety? I have constantly. Where is it? Where is it? Is it in my is it in my purse? Is it in my is it on the counter? Is it in the fucking bathroom? Where is my phone? And this really helps relieve a lot of that stress of where's my phone. I feel like I devote uh, a lot of mental en- energy to where's my phone? Where's the phone? Where's the phone? And I've got like a ping thing. You can bing 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 find your phone on with this and it's a maze. Well, let's see. Let's see if my shit's ready. Okay. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching me on YouTube. Uh, uh, I forgot to talk about Gary Vaynerchuk, who I love. I'm really into him again. I got to write that down. Self-loathing and Gary V. That's what we'll do next week. Okay. And I'm also reached out to the Mormon girl. I haven't heard back from her yet, but I probably hope to. I hope to. I hope to. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? You know what I'm talking about? All right. Shit. Shit. Shit's all fucked up. All right, guys. Have a great week. Um, do your best. Don't be a fucking loser. You know, all, all the classics. <laughs> all right. Until next week. That's been D Bro. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Philosophize with It's Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans This ain't your mom's house It's a different theme Gotta be critically thinking Like you caught up at a cocktail party Our thoughts start to sink in John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly, topically Just a comedian discussing these philosophies Serious questions, silly people What's that? That's deep, bro it is the ultimate metaphor for life and you know what that is what that's deep bro that's deep bro